And welcome to another edition of the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. I am Steve Zotke along with Jeff Orlowski. How are you doing, Jeff? Fantastic, Steve. Yourself? Pretty good. Can't uh, can't complain. Here we are, week nine. And uh, we just uh, getting over a pretty interesting week, I must say. Uh, frustrating loss on Sunday to the Rams. Packers played much better than we anticipated, but then again, unfortunately, some problems occurred late in the game, and and those are usually things that seems seems like those happen at the beginning of the game. But there's a few things I want to talk about that, uh, and I uh, want I think we 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 have voiced these. I guess, I guess the the ongoing frustration we've had throughout the year is these same issues popping up. Now, and I'm not even talking about the Ty Montgomery issue, but we can talk about Ty Montgomery even though it doesn't matter because, as most of you already know, he was traded to the Baltimore Ravens. See ya. And uh, but that it, there now there's two there's two just briefly let's talk about this. He brought he brings the ball out and he fumbles, and right away every and and people the the general consensus is that well. He's been frustrated where he's at, and the guy's been a great team player. Everything the Packers have asked asked of him, you know, he, he has done. And so you got these people that, well, we shouldn't, you know, he's been a good team guy. He doesn't get any. You get these people that always make excuses because the guy's a good guy. But the bottom line in the National Football League, it's a results league. So they was told not to bring the ball out. He brought the ball anyways. He's trying to make something uh, happen. And... Then we hear, you know, we hear that Rogers was pissed about it. We, you can see visually, we have video evidence of him basically going to, I think it's Devonte Adams going, like it was a what the fuck. I mean, you, it was the expression. And if he was, if you could read lips, that's what it looks like he was saying. Uh, you know, now we hear that. Well, the the momentum was bringing him towards the goal line. He wasn't sure if he was going to step on the line or that. I thought in the I thought I heard this in the preseason or maybe it was a rules discussion early on in the NFL network or something that even if the player touched the line they were loosening up that liberalizing that rules package to promote uh safety you know they don't they want to cut down on kickoffs basically yeah and even if you step on the line you can still give yourself up i thought i heard that somewhere i could be wrong but bottom line is very frustrating he runs the ball he fumbles boom and i mean i, I is there I, is there any doubt that we don't think that we could have gotten a, a field goal at the end of the game on that no of course you 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 have belief in your million you know <laughs> Multi-million dollar arm, Aaron Rodgers, that in the two-minute warning when the chips are down, that he's, he's going to get you right get you the drive to get there. Uh, all Montgomery had to do if he was worried about where he was in the end zone is take one step to the left or right because once that ball bounces in the end zone, it's a touchback. So he doesn't even have to catch the damn ball. So his excuse was totally bogus. You know, and I I understand, of course, he's got to come out and say something because, you know, he was a chicken shit and dodge reporters after the game. 
and all that. And so, you know, the next day he's got to he's got to come out and say something. I give him credit for showing up to Bill Michaels uh, Monday night uh, preview huddle show uh, out at Lodge Kohler. So I give him credit for that. But, you know, it was Brandon Bostic 2.0. Obviously, this, the stakes were a lot lower for, for right. this game than they were for that. But uh, it was the same thing. And he's gone now. Is it a big loss? No. No. He's a third string running back. When I found out that they traded him, the first thing I thought was good. And the second thing I thought was that movie Moneyball, where Billy Bean, uh, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt wants uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the, the A's manager, to play that guy at first base. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he wouldn't yeah. play him. So yeah. Bean just trades his ass, so then he has to play the guy that he wants. Right. I thought that that was the thing. Now, Gutekunst come out in uh, Wednesday, he spoke to the, to the media, and comes out and says that, no, he didn't make this trade for Aaron Jones to get more carries and more time, but that was the first thing that popped in That's my head. That's a good head. point because, and even McCarthy, I think, I think I heard this right, uh, McCarthy was saying, what was the term he used, like, uh, maybe it's my fault for not having, what's the term he used? Uh, regarding the three running backs, he said like there's not a, not chemistry, but something aligned to that. Where I haven't, I haven't really set the rotation. The, the rotation, yeah. yeah base, and it is. I mean, every you ask the guy in the street, he says Aaron Jones is your every not your every down back, but at least first and second down. Now, if you want to spell him with Jamal, that's fine. You can do that. And, but and then time. What did I say in the last podcast? I said, Ty Montgomery is your third down back, nothing more. And I don't even want him. I do not want him to ha- get a, uh, a, a uh, to get a handoff. I want him strictly as a guy catching the ball in in the flat, or, or if it's you know he's he's your you know just emergency guy, you know dump off yeah. pass type guy. And yeah, well, in in a way, that's good because now they brought in a guy. They got brought in Watson, who it doesn't even matter. They brought in a guy at the practice squad, who most likely will not be, uh, will not be active, unless you know one of the two get banged up. And now it's kind of where it should be. Yeah. And 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 you know what? Basically, your de facto third your third running back is going to be Randall Cobb. Which every time they use that experiment, it's a complete, utter disaster, too. So hopefully it doesn't get that far. But I am a hell of a lot more confident in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, period, than I was with Jones, Williams, and Montgomery. Yes. So it's not a big loss. Goodbye. And we have AHA Clinton Dix. See you, funny man. No, I won't say who, but I was very surprised that somebody actually – said that he was a top 10 safety. Well, it's pro football focus, and their ratings are horse shit. Not all, but, I mean. Most of them are. Did I see a couple times where he was literally standing around on some plays? Of course. During the Rams game. Of course. And now, HaHa gets a lot of credit because since he got into the league in in 2016, I want to think he leads all safeties in interceptions. Okay? So, he's made some big plays. However... The 10 or 12 interceptions that he has does not completely wash away 
the 50 horrible, god-awful plays that he has made as well. So, you know, he makes a big play, but he makes eight shitty ones for each big play. So I think that's addition by subtraction. We only got a fourth-round pick for HaHa, which is fine because that's basically what we would have got compensatory pick for him in the first place. So another thing, you know, now – we get to see Josh Jones, hopefully. Josh Jones, Josh Jackson, whoever they want to shuffle in. huh? And, and Breland. Breland, yeah, and Breland. Now we get to see the young kids, the guys that have been buried on the bench. I want to see Josh Jones. What the hell do we have with this guy? Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, a fantastic athlete and just dumb as a box of rocks, and that's why he can't see the field? What do we have in him? So I hope they give him a test under fire so we can at least see what we got and see where we need to move on. Now, for those who follow us on Facebook, we beg you. No, we don't beg you. <laughs> we well, thank we, you. We, 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 we thank you, and we would like you to like our uh, Facebook page, Green and Gold Then and Now uh, podcast page on Facebook. Um, I post. I Actually, I posted this. This is from uh, Terry O'Brien, who was on the, the show a couple podcasts ago. And and it was by a factor of 10, the most, uh, uh, what do you call most it? Most reach, most views, likes, uh, comments, was, he, everything. He texted me the 19, or I'm sorry, the 2015 Packers draft. Yeah. So, you want to go through it? Sure. For fun? Of Shits course. And grins, yeah. as they say. Number one, Demarius Randall. <laughs> Traded. Quentin Rollins. Puke. He's on the IR. Hasn't done shit. Ty Montgomery. Just traded. Jake Ryan. Mm, Jury's still out. Yeah. He's on the IR. Brent Hundley. Traded. Aaron Ripkowski. Released. Christian Ringel. Released. Kennard Blackman. Or Kennard Backman. Released. And... Uh, there was another one that was heard on the big show, I think it was today. What, between 2013 and 2015, how many players are left? Three, I think. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, not a good record. Not a know, good record. In in the perfect world, and it, this would have been, this would have caused absolute chaos, and maybe the people weren't ready at the time. Although, it, and he might have been actually, uh, but after that Seahawks game, <laughs> not only should we gotten rid of mediocre Mike, but we should have got rid of Ted Thompson too at the time. Yeah. In hindsight, everything should have been blown up then. Oh. And we would have had another three, three plus years of making strides to get to the promised land with the greatest quarterback in the league. Yeah. We saw this with uh, Mike Sherman where Mike he's just Sherman. trying to pop my bubble and make me depressed today. You know, where we saw, oh, well, okay, here we go. Mike Sherman, oh, he's coaching all right. And then we get him to let him, co- you know, let him, let him draft, as Bill Parcells said, famously said, well, I don't only want to cook, but I want to do the shopping too. Yeah. So we let Mike Sherman do the, the shopping, and, you know, he was, uh, he was picking up the melons that were, you know, maybe a little too soft and – and maybe the meat didn't smell, you know, that good, or yeah. it was brown wasn't nice and pink, and and whatnot. So, and uh, we're certainly paying the, uh, you know, I, Ted Thompson. God bless him, but you know, something was going on, and uh, we're, you know, I think in the next couple of years we'll find out 
what exactly, you know, because apparently he's got some issues. And, and and I'm not joking. This ain't joking either. I guess he, there's some phys- there's a physical issue and who knows what. But maybe, you know, you, you kind of, I mean, for God's sakes, yes, he gave us a Super Bowl and you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, maybe in hindsight, maybe we should have, you know, shown the door, not shown the door, but, you know, just Ted, you know, help us out here. Yeah, put him out to pasture yeah, a little earlier. A little earlier, unfortunately. And I agree. And I just want to give uh, on the big show today, uh, Gary sat there and said that, uh, you know, Ted was a fantastic GM who whose time has just, you know, time passed him by. Yeah. Now, just about, well, I want to say. And the, and the NFL has changed. Well, it's of course. Fa- it's, of it's course it is. Faster, it's faster. It's, it's the name of the game. I and mean, we're seeing this in sports across as you've seen in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and football, we're seeing a transformation of the sports. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, a caller called in and said, Gary, what are you talking about? You were one of Ted's biggest defenders. And I sat there and I thought I pulled the clip of, it was about a year, year and a half yeah. ago when I started saying on the big show that I wanted, you know, both McCarthy and Ted gone and all that. And, uh, you know, just got screamed at and called an idiot and everything else. And now... All of a sudden, Gary, oh, yeah, you know, I, I I like Ted. He's my boy, but, you know, uh, football passed him by. Well, you were defending him to the, yeah. you know, to the T six months ago. So, you know, that is what it is. Well, I will get, I will say on the, I like the Brett Hundley pick up at five because I, for whatever, I don't re- for whatever reason, that previous year, I was watching a lot of UCLA games. Just, it was total coincidence. For whatever reason, just on that, you know, Saturday night or Friday night, you know, had ESPN on late and had the, had usually had the game on when they're playing, you know, Stanford or Cal or whoever. Oh, yeah. And I was kind of impressed by him. I said, you know, this guy, I remember me specifically saying, I said, that, it'd be kind of neat to have him on the Packers as a backup and see how he develops. Mm-hmm. And so I was ecstatic when they drafted him. You know, same thing with uh, Clinton Dix. That was the guy I wanted. And he had a fantastic rookie season. And he did. And then it just kind of plateaued off, you know, and you didn't see that development. You no. know, you and I, I, the biggest, the biggest complaint I have with the Packers defense is that it seems like the everybody on defense has to think first instead of react yep they just seem to be that half a second behind it's either that or they guess on the route and which way the route's going to go but they always guess wrong Mm -hmm. and they give up huge 25 35 huge chunk plays so yes they're either thinking and they're they're a second or two slow or they guess and they guess wrong and they get torched either way now we're seeing somewhat, I would like to see a little more, but I said early on, I said, I'd like to see how Pettin's defense develops, and I'll, I want to see improvement as the year goes. And I think we definitely saw a good part of that. I mean, the Rams, we were all predicting 40 points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to hold them to, to 29, and, you know, which is a game they should have won 30 to 29. Yeah, you know it, it was pretty impressive. I've seen them just just absolutely scorch other defenses. 
So I was that if you want to take some positives out of that, it was definitely that. It was some of the speed that we saw from Aaron Jones going up the gut. Um, 33-yard yep. touchdown. Yep. And but once again, not enough. Yeah. The the defense came to play. I was blown away that entire first half on how well the defense was able to play against that Rams team. The motivate, you know, the uh the momentum shifted on that safety. And you know, it was right at the end of the first What's half. What's your opinion on that? Awful play call. You know, especially against that front. Of course, that front is is amazing. You and you the, sit you there got, you got two if you would draft, you know, I mean Sue and and Donald and Donald would be probably two of your top, definitely two of the top ten, if not two of the top six. Yeah, for for D line. Yeah, for defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, so you and you're going right up there. I mean, I. You know, that's fine when you're on the 20 and you're trying to get a gap there. But, yeah, uh, you don't want to definitely – you know, you have Rodgers. I've seen it in the past. That was the one where they hit Jordy on the slant. Is that, right. That little quick, little five-yard slant. Yep, and there's and, your room. Yeah, and so, I don't know. You know, I they sit there – And especially on first down. If you go and look at every snap of the Packers' offense this season – Aaron Rodgers is in the shotgun 99.999% of the time. He's in the shotgun on every single play. Mm -hmm. Why don't you put A-Rod in the shotgun? You know, you're going from your own one. Make him make a decision on a quick slant, a quick out, back running out in the flat. Let him make the decision instead of handing the ball off seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and watching your back get blown up. Let A-Rod make the choice. That's what you paid him for. Let him do it. I think those listeners to the podcast, are. this is the frustration that we have with, what's his nickname? Mediocre Mike. What was the other one I heard today? Mike McCrappy. Mike McCrappy. <laughs> so um I'm sorry I'm just getting distracted by Lindsay Rhodes from the NFL Network. Yes, please. Um anyways, uh that is quite distracting. Yeah. Um you know, is 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 play calling like that. You know, it's just it's frustrating that you know the uh, he's a very good coach, we've been told. No, yeah, he he'll, he'll tell you. And He'll tell you himself. We're going to see how good of a coach he is uh, this coming week, Sunday night, national TV. We'll see. You know, it. Um, this might surprise you. This is kind of one of those games where I think that the Packers are going to show up and play really well. You know, and it, they had well, and they were talking. Uh, the media was talking with Rogers uh, today, as usual on Wednesdays, and he brought up the, that 2014 game, which was you know. If you want to talk to, uh, um, if you want to talk about good, good games with you know me- mediocre Mike as coach, it would have probably been that game in 2014 where they won 26 to 21. Yeah. Uh, but then on the flip side, I mean, they won. They've won the last two times. The 2010 one, I remember, that was, um, but that was when they were starting to. Re- 
that's when we thought the team Chuggalug, it was starting to Chuggalug in 2010. Yeah. that was in, I think, three weeks, week, that would have been week 14 or 15, I think that game was. They won that game 31 to 27. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They lost. That, that was the last. That was the Matt Flynn game, was it not? That was the Matt Flynn game. Where Flynn came out just, you know, just throwing darts, man, and just looked phenomenal. Yes. A-Rod was hurting that one, uh, and Flynn. And, uh, you know, that alone, the fact that McCarthy was able to sit there and get a backup quarterback to go toe-to-toe neck-to-neck with Belichick and Brady, that's one of his shining moments in his coaching career. And then we won't even talk about 2006. No. That was the 35 to nothing one. Yeah, no thanks. Skip that one. I do remember these two. Well, the 97 one was good. That was uh, when they won 28 to 10. Uh, And both of those games were at New England. In 2002, uh, they won both games 28 to 10. 97 and 2002. Nice. It both in New England. The one, though, I remember. The Super Bowl. Well, that one, of course. But, no, 1979. Okay. I was two. Monday Night Football. And if I recall, that game was at uh, Country Stadium. County Stadium? County Stadium. Nice. I was two. I probably had a dirty diaper. They used to call it Country Stadium because it was such a shit. Anyways, uh, yes. And it's interesting. One of the, the back then, of course, they, they don't have the balanced schedule like they do now, where you're going to play everybody uh, every four years, and then every eight years you're going to see them at your home uh, home stadium. But back then they didn't. So there was times where you didn't see you didn't see teams for years, and the Patriots were one of them. The first time the Packers played the Patriots were in 1973, in which they won in New England 28. 28- uh, I'm sorry, 33 to 24, and then it wasn't until 1979 at County Stadium on Monday Night Football. It was actually the David Whitehurst-led Packers won 27 to 14. Nice. And then, uh, then they didn't play again till 1985, which was a frustrating year where they lost uh, 26 to 20. And then the big one was uh, 1988. The uh, Packers. I don't remember this game. Uh, they won forty-five to three. Wow! Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Wow! I was uh, out in the boat. Back, you know, there was actually there were no. I, I was uh, at NF, the NFL in the late eighties was, was not must see TV. Yeah, it was not. I didn't see every single, pretty almost all the games, but. Well, you were probably at the racetrack trying to hit up on uh, some been, of the I honeys. Could've, that could have been uh, because September they had a Road America Indy cars. Yeah. So that could have been, uh, you know, if it was between the two, uh, yeah, it could have been an Indy car weekend or something at Road America. So Sniffing fumes and chasing tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that David Whitehurst, 1979, that was, uh, that was one of the memorable wins. Because, let's face it, back then there weren't too many. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, and uh, speaking of going, we're kind of in the way back uh, section of the podcast. Uh, Tom Bratz passed away today. He sure did. Former Packers GM drafted a ton of uh, of great players in franchise history. Including our own. Uh, Leroy Butler. 
1991 from Florida State. And I I, I mentioned this to you before the show. He was actually really the first Packers prototypical kind of modern-day GM because, um, of course, he had Vince Lombardi. Then he had the Phil Bankston, and then, but the problem was after post Lombardi, you had this weird where everything went before the board. This real weird, antiquated. It was screwed up. Mm-hmm. Dan Devine had a lot of power, somewhat too much power, when he made that John Hadel trade and really hamstrung the organization for for uh, many many years. And then you had the Bart Starr situation where they brought in a guy maybe who wasn't ready to uh, – well, actually, he was not ready. He admitted that he wasn't ready to be coach at that time. And then later also became GM, did not have any type of real scouting department. They were years and years behind, and and their drafts uh, actually proved it. And then when he wanted to make a draft, he was overruled because, uh, if I recall, I think he wanted to draft uh, Ronnie Lott. And it was actually uh, they went with Rich Campbell instead, or I might have gotten that wrong. Something there was something got screwed up there where they went with Rich Campbell. Maybe he actually was the one that wanted. I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. It's water under the bridge. But anyways, when they brought in Tom Bratz, it was uh, a kind of a change. They he still did not have as much power as the next guy did, Ron Wolf. However, we saw through his drafts that he actually had. Uh, he actually made some decent drafts, of course. Leroy Butler, who was actually the only guy that was really held over from the previous administration uh, into the home ground around Wolf years. But uh, name some other ones, Jeff. Well, Sterling Sharp, uh, the Magic Man, Don Mikowski, Chris Jackie. You know, he had some clunkers with, you know, Mandrich. They mentioned Mandrich, which I can't fault them. Because everybody had him as number two. Oh, right. I know. I mean, it was a de facto. He was the, the second guy. In fact, it was Aikman and then him. And we were, and it was known that we were playing for Aikman against the Cardinals. And, of course, what do the Packers do? They take Mandrish. No, they beat the Cardinals. So, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah shoot themselves in the foot right. and lose the pick. And Mandrish was the de facto number two pick. And which I say is the best thing that happened for the Packers. Right. Why is that? Well, because that allowed them. Uh, because if they draft Barry Sanders, they're a 500 team. Yeah, and, and then, then they it would have been sta- status quo. Yeah. Reggie White never comes we, here we and all that. Become, we, we would be we would have been the Detroit Lions. Yeah, which, oh, God. Yeah. So um, they bring in Ron Wolf, who not only, well, let's, let's hold the phone. Who you want me to call? The president. All right. Not Trump. Oh. Packers president. Oh, God. Not Ted. Before Ted. Come on. Pa- well, the GM before Ted? No, no, no. The president, Harlan. Oh, okay. So, Harlan. yeah, Harlan he before was Murphy. He guy that really, he doesn't get enough credit. Bob Harlan was fantastic. Bob Harlan was the guy who really kind of uh, – said okay this is what we need to do and he was the one that that pulled power from the board and and gave him that with doing that and making those changes 
they were able then to bring in Ron Wolf because <clears throat> you wouldn't be able to get a guy like Ron Wolf or anything with the antiquated way they used to have it. Right. And I've, I've always said the biggest problem with organizations, people go, oh, they don't have the great coaching. They don't have, no, it actually starts from the top. The ownership and the president, that is the most important because those guys, you, you have a good owner and president, you know, the whole top of the, you know, everything on top. If those guys are making, everything else is easy because if they can put in the right people. But that's, I mean, you look at what's happening with the, the Cowboys. That's a perfect example yeah. where you have ego involved. Mm-hmm. And you you see other organizations, the Browns, you know, I mean, it, it's it's the ownership group who can't bring in those right people for whatever reason. And with uh, with Bob Harlan, you know, with him bringing in uh, Ron Wolf, the rest is easy. Yeah, yeah, it sure was. And you know, I shouldn't say rest was easy, but I mean, the rest was, you know, it lined it, up the dominoes. It was, it was frosting on the pudding. Absolutely, they, <laughs> you know, Harlan was great, and uh, you know, looking back over this last you know, just say decade of, uh, of Packers football, you know, I have lost just a ton of confidence in Mark Murphy. Now I, I like that, you know, most of the coaching staff was changed after last season, but you didn't cut the head off the snake. And so now we're in the same spot that we were last year where we're an underachieving team. We're behind the eight ball again. We have to R-E-L-A-X or run the table or whatever stupid cliche is going to come out in order to sneak our way into the playoffs and get knocked out in round one anyway. So it's the same bullshit. I don't think he was comfortable getting blowing up the whole thing. And I, I, you know... He, Murphy, was willing to make those changes that he made, which I was stood right behind him. Right. But I think you give, giving, you know, mediocre Mike that extra year, I, you know, I. To me, it's just a wasted year. Yeah, I know. You know, it's a, it's another wasted year in a fantastic career for Aaron Rodgers. It just delays the inevitable. So he fired every coach under the sun last year, and now he's got to find a new head coach. But, oh, what if this Packers defense plays the way that it played against the Rams? Now all of a sudden you're looking to bring in a head coach and you're telling them, hey, you're stuck with Mike Pettin as your defensive coordinator. I still say it's Pettin. You think he's going to be the next head coach? I think they they need an offensive guy. and so I think you bring in in the next – I think – I always said it's going to be the next hot guy, which remains to be seen. Unless they can get somebody like, but see, I I don't. Everybody's going talking about Lincoln Riley, and I I just don't. What do you think about that? I like it. I think his offense is cutting edge. I think it's innovative. The only issue I have with Lincoln Riley is is will Aaron Rodgers accept him and respect him yeah. as head coach. I don't know. You know, I'm still on the Adam Gase train out of Miami. Uh, I would take him in a heartbeat, too. With Gase, 
with gays though i'd be more uncomfortable i'd be more comfortable see and this is why i think i wouldn't i could definitely see this petting take over and then they bring in gays as their offensive coordinator yeah i like that with gays with lincoln riley you can't do that you because he's that, so no. in demand yeah. he has to go straight to head coach yeah and he's gonna he's gonna want he's gonna gut everything he's gonna bring in he's gonna tear down everything yeah i know and so then there goes Petten now. Right. All the whole defense is learning everything yep. new, special teams, everything. Everything's going to be brand new from the ground That's why up. I'd like, like to, this is going to be really interesting to see how where this defense finishes up this year. Because I I think McCarthy is not having fun right now. Good, and he's ruined many years of my life. <laughs> he has, and he knows. He's in. He would be in demand. He 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 could want. He could. If they don't, if Lincoln Riley doesn't make the move, uh, you know they, they can't. Obviously, you know, you can't. But you know, there's there's people whispering to McCarthy saying, "Okay, well, if this falls apart, it's going to be Cleveland, possibly Miami. Pittsburgh." That's, but they're holding it together, though. Barely. But if they miss the playoffs or come, you know, get in and get routed in the first round and fall way short of expectations again, they have, and I know that Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's still holding out and all that. They have so much talent on that offense for them to they're not. like the Packers, though, in a way. A lot like the Packers. Like Who? You got Rodgers, you got Aaron Jones, and you got Devontae. No, I meant where they're underachieving, where they're all as picked, but they never go anywhere. Well, yeah, yeah. And I agree with that. they haven't gone anywhere since 2010. Right. You know, I agree. So, you know, I think that he goes to either Cleveland or Pittsburgh. Like I said, I would love to see him go to Cleveland. You uh, Put mediocre Mike on the Browns. You know, he can hook back up with John Dorsey. They could sit there and chew gum and get fatter together. You know, I think, um, you know, you got Baker Mayfield over there, so you got a young quarterback with a lot of talent. You've Let's got see a, how smart he is. You have a lot of good defensive players. Uh, the Browns have now finally, 20 years later, are starting to build and move forward. I would love to see McCarthy go in there and – it's going to be such a shit show. They would suck and be a perennial instead of four and twelve team like they've been for the last decade. They will be like a six and ten, seven and nine team. They will never have. They will never have uh, a timeouts in the last four minutes of a game. Sure won't. Did you, you got burn those on? The, in the did I text you that in during the Rams game? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it and came I out tweeted, a couple. I, I tweeted something like. Uh, well, it's you know, Ted or uh, uh, McCarthy doesn't want the burden to have all his timeouts in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, you know, they he was rated as the worst coach in time in time management because time after time after time and game after game after game, the Packers do not have timeouts in the final two minutes when it matters the most because they're burning them on defense. Yeah. They're burning them because they can't get a play call in on first oh, and at, ten. They're 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 re-showing the uh, Viking Saints game. Mm-hmm. Does that really irritate the shit out of you every time you see Taysom Hill in there? Yeah, because I was like, 
last year I was like, can't run a, I mean, even we didn't know, but I was like, he, he's the number three guy at least, right? Yeah. And look at him. Look, it just, Taysom Hill is good, but he's old too. So you yeah, know, he's old. Yeah, it he's didn't, 29. It didn't break my heart that they got rid of him. Did I want the, the Packers to keep Hill? Of course, but it's nothing I lost sleep over. I still slept like a baby that night. But that could have been the whiskey too. And, uh, I don't are, are those not the coolest uniforms? Road uniforms? What the Saints? Yeah. Yeah. Those throwbacks. Yeah. White on white with the gold. I yeah. love the gold numbers too. Uh, you know, you don't have to have really stupid, ugly font uh, numbers like Tennessee and Jacksonville, like they were drawn by some kid. Uh, you know, I hate the Packers throwback; those blue and piss yellow, with the stupid circle with the number in the middle of it, just looks awful. Hate those uniforms. Actually, I like the '94 uniforms. The '94 uniforms were cool. Those throwbacks, the the with the you know, they're similar, but those were, I think, from 52, the ones that, that they had. 94, they wore them. They wore them on the one Halloween game against the Bears. The road uniforms, the white and yellow. Yeah. And great. And that and that's when you could actually change up your helmets, too, a little bit, the color on them. They need to put me in charge of the throwbacks. The Packers will be wearing Iron Maiden jerseys oh, with a number on the back. It'll be awesome. Uh, I would go back to 94 for the throwbacks. I would uh, see the issue that we're having is this stupid rule with the one helmet, which is the stupidest thing in the world, especially for safety, because race car drivers change their helmet. Every time they have an accident, they change their helmet. Right. Because they're the damage. In the NFL, they do the opposite. They make you keep that same helmet the whole year. Mm-hmm. So it's getting used and used and used. Instead of change, it's this. I can't think of it. I mean, it. You talk to anybody involved in any type of safety or helmets or anything. It's just. It just. It makes no sense. It right. is so effing stupid. I, I. I'm. I'm speechless. I can't even think of the words to describe how stupid that is. Having that. That's why you have the Redskins. When they pull, they instead of having that really cool, I mean, they were getting to the point they were gonna have a leather helmet the Redskins had designed. It looked so cool, and then uh, um, uh, the ginger uh, Good the deal. ginger ape, uh, you know, said no, we have to see keep the same helmets for for safety. Yeah, so. It's frustrating, anyways. But the only thing I, I don't like about the the Saints and a lot of teams have gone to this is that kind of duller. If you look at old football, like NFL films, the the Saints helmet is a little different. I'm as you can tell, I'm a uniform geek because it was actually a darker gold. Okay. Where, uh, like, uh, if you know, it's like Boston College. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to that real dull. It looks awful. I like the old Doug Flutie Boston College uniform, much darker. Same with Florida State. I just want to talk about Lori about that, what he thinks about. They went to that, too. It's very similar to the Saints. It's a duller, or duller gold instead of that brighter gold. I'm not talking Notre Dame gold, but, right. you know, something. You know, it was a little brighter, a little deeper, deeper gold that I was like. 
And I always think when a team changes the real shitty uniforms like Florida State has and then they suck, it just makes them that much better. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. For the most part, I don't care what the hell they wear, but the Packers throwbacks are awful. But we got uh, Patriots coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I think it might be a competitive game. Maybe I, another tie. Well, that could be. I, You know, like I said, this is one of those games where – it's one of those games that McCarthy actually does well in. And, you know, they and the Packers did play well against the Rams, and I give McCarthy credit because the first, you know, half was great. And uh, at the end, they, they played okay. But, you know, this is one of those games that the Packers could show up, have a fantastic game, maybe even win, and then all of a sudden the talk, well, were we talking about firing McDummy too early? You know, should we keep right. McCrappy now? You know, and all that, and all the fans that have sat there and jumped on my side of the fence will start waffling. This is what happens every year in Jeff Land. I'm going to call it right now that uh, it doesn't matter how, and I hope they do well because, my opinion, he will either get fired or he will resign at the end of the year. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I think so too. I think he gets fired. Uh, barring a Super Bowl appearance, and I think that me, you, and the rest of the world can agree that the Packers are not good enough to make the Super Bowl, uh, I think he's gone. Well, they're what, 3-3-1? Three, three, yeah. They could very easily go 3-4. and four. They could easily go 3-5. and five. So this could spin out of control yet. Yeah, it could be a 6-9-1 and one season. Very easily. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, that's why I don't. I don't have much hope. I, I At this point, I have a hard time seeing them in the playoffs. I, I don't as, think they're going to make the playoffs. As well as the Bears are playing, that could definitely fall apart. But you think Minnesota should warn? I mean, what's going on with Minnesota? That's a question mark. Got the Eagles now showing, oh, wait, wait. They're, uh, they're okay. starting to wake up. And then the Redskins are, well, I guess, were better than we thought they were. Alex Smith, steady Eddie. You know, and, and so – you know who knows with the with the Cowboys what they can do, so I mean that there's going to be such a fight for those uh, wild card spots. It'll be interesting to see what happens. They got Carolina uh, is waking up now. Yep. And, and yeah, there's a there's the, the NFC is is certainly developing a lot uh, more than we thought they were going to be at this point. So yeah, I I I I don't even see at this point nothing is really. I'm, yeah, they're a lock in the playoffs. I, I I say at best it's 40% at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, they're, to me, the Packers are a lot closer to the Arizona Cardinals than they are to the Los Angeles Rams as Ooh. far as top to bottom of the division. Granted, I'm saying this right after we lose but play a pretty damn good game against the, the best team in the NFL in the Rams. But I think we're closer to being at the bottom of the league than we are to being at the top of the league. I I think we're smack dab right in the middle, which is a shame at this point. Of course. And 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 I. Uh, but you know it does. Have, it's completely evident that the roster needs a overhaul. You know we talked about the how many or how few players are left in the Packers drafts from the last three years. Yeah. They need new talent. The fact that we have 
you know, usually two because Jamon Moore hasn't made the uh, the game day roster. He's been a healthy scratch the last couple weeks. But usually two and sometimes three rookie wide receivers on our offense is a damn shame. You know, so it's still trying to get piecemealed together instead of getting good dominant football players. It's still a lot of quote-unquote good athletes and not good football players. Yeah. And that's it's holding us back. We don't have the depth and talent that these other teams that we used to look at and laugh at because they were bad have. And because of that, we need Rodgers to be a completely perfect machine. If he has one incompletion, he misses one wide, wide receiver that's open, everybody's killing him. Aaron Rodgers oh, is all we've got. he's not as good as he was. Do you hear this now? Oh, yeah. He's not as good he's as he was. He's hurt, he, and he's, this offensive line sucks. He's lost a step. His arm isn't quite as good. He doesn't have the zip on the uh, yeah. throws to the outside I heard today. Oh, God. Come on. Come on. Just stupid. Yeah. Just stupid. Give the get, Give the guy some damn talent. The Saints. I didn't mention the Saints. Yeah. The Saints look very good. Of course, of course they were going to be good because we have their first-round draft choice. So, of course, you know, watch the Saints either win the damn Super Bowl or get there, so we're drafting 31 in the yeah. first round. You know, uh, it's uh, – I tell you what, let's call it a night, good times, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast with Jeff Orlowski and Steve Zotke. Make sure to like us on social media, on Facebook, Green and Gold Then and Now podcast uh you can go in uh sports radio 1057 fm the fan uh facebook page too make sure you like that and uh our, we're on twitter i'm at steve zotke z-a-u-t-k-e jeff underscore orlowski find us on the radio.com orlowski o-r-l-o-s-k-i no w no w. w was lost somewhere on uh what island is that i think they threw it off the boat when uh, when the old Orlowskis were floating across on the ocean on the way over here, so didn't make it on the page when your when your uh, family members signed in at uh, what island is that Ellis Island Ellis Island that's it yes. yeah all right thank you for listening we'll talk to you next week.